Welcome to another episode of the Full Core Pod. My name is David, and joining me today to talk all things NBA is my guy, Ben. What's up, Ben? What's good? So let's start off today's podcast by talking about LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. Reporters around the league tend to say that LaMelo Ball will be returning from injury this upcoming week. And my question is, with LaMelo Ball now healthy, does he put the Hornets back on the map? Um, I think that his coming back will definitely do a lot for them in terms of their, their hopes for making the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure how much it's really going to do, though, because a lot of the teams in the Eastern Conference have really picked it up, like the Knicks and the Hawks and the Celtics have picked it up as well. Um, the, the Hornets have kind of fallen behind the other seven. They're currently eighth, so they've kind of fallen behind the, the top seven. It's difficult to say if LaMelo Ball is going to really propel them out of that eighth spot. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to end eighth, and um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to beat the first seed or second seed if they if they get the seventh spot. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure he'll help the team, but I don't know how much he'll really be able to do. Yeah, because I feel the same way. I feel like in the short term, he can help them because he can get them buckets, he can facilitate the ball, and overall, he, he just creates a great energy for the team. But in the long term, I don't think he's going to be able to help the Hornets because Melo is a big market player, and history has shown us when a player like Melo's talent is drafted by a small market team, it is highly likely by the end of their rookie contract that that player leaves. The only way I see Melo staying in Charlotte for the long term is if the Hornets either win a chip or they go really deep in the playoffs. But in the short term, I think he can still help them. Maybe they can squeeze into the playoffs. And I would definitely be excited to see them in the playoffs because they play great basketball. Um, they have great energy on the court. And they're just a fun team to watch. Definitely. Um, yeah. I would also be excited to see what they're going to do in the postseason. Um, I'll be excited to see if, if LaMelo Ball performs. So, you know, a lot of things to look forward to with that team. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to ask your next question? Uh, yeah. So recently. We've seen, um, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but Colin Cowherd, he, he, he put up an MVP ranking and it had Chris Paul at number two. And we've seen kind of around the league that Chris Paul has been like one of the guys that when you put him on a team, he kind of turns the whole team around. And a lot of, a lot of people have been arguing for him to, to be like a top MVP candidate, despite his numbers, which haven't obviously been as good compared to some of the other superstars in the NBA. Do you think he should be a legit MVP candidate? Yeah, most definitely. Chris Paul, in my eyes, he's a true definition of an MVP. He came on a team that was struggling for years, and with his leadership and presence, he's able to transform the Phoenix Suns into the team that they are today. They're currently the second seed in the West, which is no joke. And the term MVP is just so broad, and a lot of people, they have their own interpretations of what the term means, but... Um, let's not forget that they're the second seed in the West. He isn't putting up the greatest numbers, but he's still finding a way to better his teammates and help them win games. And he was available for most of the season. So I definitely think that he does and he should be um, in the race for the MVP. But um, like we said on past podcasts, Nikola Jokic, he's playing fantastic. And he's, in my opinion, the clear runaway for MVP this season. Yeah, um, as for Chris Paul, I'm not sure if I would put him in my top five for the MVP. Maybe, maybe at like number nine or ten. To be honest, I'm not sure because because even though they are second, um, it's difficult to say because obviously Chris Paul does bring a lot to the team. But we saw in the bubble the Suns won nine and zero without him. It's difficult to say if they would have kept that same energy going into this season with or without Chris Paul. So, um, 
you know, Chris Paul's definitely done a lot to propel them over the long term of this season because obviously nine games is nine games and this is a 72 game season and they've been doing great but um yeah it's just i feel like the numbers that he's been putting up haven't been as great as some of the other guys and coupled in with the fact that you have booker doing well on the team a, a lot of other guys doing well so i'm not sure if i would really put him in the race but i i wouldn't be mad if you put him in the top 10. yeah that's a great point but um where would you say the phoenix suns would be if uh, Chris Paul wasn't on the team? I would say probably not second, probably like closer to fifth or sixth. So, I mean, yeah. yeah so, so that kind of proves that he's valuable to them, no? He's valuable, but most valuable. Right, right. right. That, that's a fair argument. I think um, Nikola Jokic, he, he definitely, it yeah. should be above um, Chris Paul. But yeah, um, let's move on now to Zion and his comments on Madison Square Garden. So when what? Zion was asked how he feels about playing basketball in MSG, Zion said that he basically loves it here and was overall really happy to answer that question. So how do you feel about his comments? Zion to New York? I feel great about the comments, you know? I love seeing that because Zion is one of the top guys in the NBA. I know if you're, if anybody's watching right now or listening that's a Knicks fan, you know that during that draft, we were, we, we were hoping and praying for that number one pick so we could get Zion. But you know what? I'll take Zion and RJ too, because if Zion is making comments like this, it's making me think at some point in the future, he wants to come to New York and could, because he knows what's up, man. So these comments make me super excited to see if he's going to actually follow through on what he's saying. At the same time, I understand, you know, he's a, he's a young kid and, um, you know, he's saying, he's just probably saying what's coming to his mind. So um, at the end of the day, it's probably gonna take a lot more thought to see whether he'll come to the Knicks or not. But this is definitely a great, great sign. You saw um, Zion smile when he had Yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, you he was, like, he was so happy and so excited. And plus, the Knicks are doing really well this season. They're the fourth seed in the East with a nine-game winning streak. His friend R.J. Barrett is playing for the Knicks. So maybe by the end of his uh, rookie contract, maybe he'll come to the Knicks. And just imagine a lineup with Zion at point. I know Zion doesn't play point, but... Um, his coach, Steve Van Gundy, um, he's been saying that he can play point, and Zion himself said he feels very comfortable running the offense. And then we get Reggie Bullock at shooting guard, R.J. Barrett at small forward, Julius Randle at power forward, and Nerlens Noel at center. That's a crazy lineup. Um, I would be very excited to see how he performs in New York. New York will be buzzing. Um, and he's just overall a great player and a great talent to have on your team. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and the, the, the ceiling is, there's no ceiling for him, man. And um, he can achieve whatever. And he, yeah. he, his only upside is, I mean, the, the only way he can go is up. So let's see it. Yeah. Um, do you want to ask your next question about the Heat? Yeah. So um, last season, the Miami Heat were the Eastern Conference champions. Uh, despite having the fifth seed during the regular season, they made it to the NBA Finals and beat a lot of difficult teams, such as uh, the Celtics, the number one seeded Bucks with the MVP Giannis, and actually managed to give the Lakers their toughest series in the NBA Finals, And uh, even though they, end, they, they ended up losing 4-2. So my question is, what happened to the Heat? They're right now the seventh seed, haven't been having that crazy of a season, only a couple games above 500. Well, what happened to them? I mean... I feel like guys like Tyler Hero is responsible because the Heat right now, they're playing okay, I guess. There are a few games above 500, like you said. But in my eyes, they're just lacking that intensity that they were playing with last season in the bubble. 
I was expecting a major leap from Tyler Hero, especially the way he performed in the bubble during the playoffs. I feel like Hero was a key ingredient to the Heat's success, but now with the season, Hero isn't prioritizing basketball. He became more like a celebrity in my eyes. He has his own cereal box, a deal with Chipotle, and is appearing in multiple music videos. No hate on Hero or anything, but he's been in the league for only two years, and he's not prioritizing basketball, in my opinion. Yes, he did get his numbers up, but I feel like he's just lacking that intensity. And Heat, as a team, they have great culture. Um, their, their team is known for Heat culture, but I feel like they're lacking something. He's not performing well. And just COVID protocols and COVID absences has been affecting the team, but I need to see that intensity in them. And we'll see how they perform in the postseason. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting take. Um, yeah, I feel like, I would agree with you. Like Tyler Hero is definitely one one piece of that problem that's been going on in Miami right now. Uh, I I think I said this before, and like um, I'll say it again that it's kind of hard to pinpoint what's kind of wrong with the team. They have everything that they need. They haven't. I mean, some of their guys were injured earlier on in the season, but now there's really no excuse because they have Jimmy Butler and Adebayo. I think I think Oladipo might be out right now, but um, you know. As long as he's back by the playoffs, I think they'll be fine. So in my eyes, I think even though the Heat are doing worse, I think as long as they can make it back to the playoffs, they'll be able to show what they're capable of. Because just knowing the leadership that they're under on the court um, in terms of Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo, I think those are some really solid guys to look to in, in those kind of tough situations. So I think by the times the, the playoffs roll around, you know, it's going to be a different Heat team that we're seeing. Do you think they'll be able to lock a playoff spot or do you think they'll um, slide into the plane? You know, it's it's a good chance that they might have to go into the plane. But that's one team that you don't want to see in the plane is the Miami Heat. So I, I have faith that they'll make it out of it. Um, and then there's, they're seventh right now. They're only a, a half a game behind from the six seed Boston. That six seed is really anybody's from the taking. And really the fifth and fourth seed as well. It's really close right now. So, hey, if the Heat play well, maybe they'll get out of the plan. But if not, I have faith in them. Yeah, I, I had a feeling in the beginning of the season, I thought that the Knicks weren't going to perform as well as they are now. And I yeah. thought they're going to be in the plane and Miami Heat were going to definitely lock a top five seed at least. But um, the roles are reversed. Um, New York's playing great basketball. And, yeah, hopefully um, if, if Miami Heat get into the play-in, they're going to be a problem for other play-in yeah. teams. But okay, um, let's quickly talk about the playoffs. So with the playoffs being a few weeks away, what matchup are you looking forward to see? Well, I would have to say the first round matchup that I'm the most excited for at the moment is honestly, has probably got to be the Warriors if they make the 8th seed. This is a big if. The Warriors are 10th right now. If they make the 8th seed from the plane, if they play Utah in the first round. I know this is kind of a weird one, but I'll tell you why. Because I feel like, Steph Curry, with the way he's been playing this season, I feel like that is a perfect opportunity for an eighth seed upset, which I think would make the internet go crazy, make the NBA go crazy. I think it's super possible. Utah and Golden State in the first round, Steph Curry puts up some crazy numbers and gets the upset with the eighth seed. How about in the, in the East? In the East, it's, you know, you have some interesting matchups. I think probably the most interesting matchup, because of the, because of the seven to 10 seed, it kind of screws it up. But I would have to say I, w- I, I want to see the Miami Heat against either the, Philado- the Philadelphia 76ers or the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Oh, I wow. feel like that's a great first-round matchup. The Celtics versus Bucks is a good matchup as well, I feel like. 
Yeah, so um, my, my team's in the East is um, the Nets versus the Hornets because I would love to see KD, Kyrie, and Harden go up against Melo. Maybe mm-hmm. Melo can do something, maybe steal a game or two. Um, yeah. That would be pretty interesting. And then I would love to see Nets uh, versus Knicks maybe in the second round. Yeah. If the Knicks yeah. can beat maybe the Hawks or something, and then yeah. they could go into the second round and face them. That would be pretty yeah. interesting. New York will go crazy. Um, and then whoever wins that game goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. So that, that's pretty lit. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely true. After my second round matchup, that's definitely the, at the top of my list. And the, the Nets versus Knicks, 100%. That, that, that'll make the world go crazy. And me, as a Knicks fan, I would I, I would be pulling for the Knicks all the way. So let, let's get it. Come on. Make it to the second round so you can play the Nets, bro. Yeah. Um, and in the West, uh, I would love to see the rematch of the West Finals from last year. The Nuggets versus the Lakers right in the first round. Um, that would be pretty interesting to watch with AD healthy, LeBron healthy, and then Jokic. Because Murray's out right now. Maybe Jokic can hold down the fort. Steal a couple of games here and there. They came back from three to one multiple times um, during last year's bubble, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, I'm not sure yet what what matches I would like to see in the second round, but definitely uh, a match with the Clippers, like Clippers maybe versus Suns or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 just to continue on, last season we didn't get to see the Clippers Lakers, which was probably the most anticipated series yeah. out of the whole NBA. That 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 would have been um, more interesting probably than any finals matchup that we that we could have gotten so i hope this season we can finally get the clippers lakers that we've all been waiting for definitely and um i was listening to another podcast the other day um the Woj pod and they were talking about the playing tournament mm-hmm. and they were talking about how the playing tournament is here to stay i know we had an argument uh last week about it mm-hmm. but um i feel like the playing tournament just to go back to what we said like a week ago um i think it's here to stay because in particular the playing tournament is a business move. Um, like you said last week and how it's yeah. a business move. Um, yeah. that, that's the whole point of the NBA. The NBA wants business. They wouldn't have had this season if it wasn't for money, if it wasn't for contract, if it wasn't for TV ratings. So at the end of the day, it's business. So Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, can't, be, I can't be mad at that. At the end of the day, the NBA, even though it's a, it's a basketball league, we have to understand that it's also um, it's, it's there to make money. So... If the plan is ends up bringing a couple extra dollars into their pocket, you know, it's, they have they have every right to keep it. Yeah. Um. Do you want to ask your last question? Um. Yeah. So, for the final question that I have, we know that the Nets and the Lakers or Clippers are the clear NBA Finals um teams that that we're probably going to see in the finals. So, do you have any dark horses in your eyes that could possibly make the finals? Um, I think the Suns, if the ping pong balls falls in the Suns' favor, I definitely think that they can make it to the finals. Um, and maybe in the East, with the East, it's pretty difficult because they're all so close to one another and they have great talent. But maybe the Bucks, but I, I highly doubt it. The ping pong balls have to fall for them too. But definitely the Phoenix Suns, if, if they're able to get up certain matches and um, certain teams fall into certain seeds, and that benefits them, definitely they can make it to the finals. Yeah, um, in terms of the Eastern Conference, uh, I would have to agree with you for the Bucs. Um, I think that they're definitely a dark horse considering their shortcomings in the past two seasons in the playoffs. So I think uh, d- despite them being the third seed, I, I think we're going to see a-, a different kind of team this season, especially with Drew Holiday running the points. So 
Um, I think the Bucks are definitely have the uh, have the capability to do some damage in the playoffs, especially if they make it as far as the conference finals. They're going to be a, a dangerous team. Um, and as for and actually, I would have to probably add in the Heat as well, even though they're not doing too hot. Yeah. Um, I, I think you can't rule the the Eastern Conference champions from last season out. So, and um, I, in terms of the West, I think Phoenix is definitely a dark horse, like you said. Um, I would have I would have said Denver, but I can't say it anymore because of Jamal Murray. I yeah, mean, same. Uh, I was gonna say Jamal Murray too because he's out. Um, but with the Bucks, what's interesting is is that they're only a few, I think a game or two behind Philly for the second seed because Philly lately um, they they're on a losing streak. I think I think they lost like yeah. three in a row or something. Four in a row, yeah, four in a row. Four in a row, right? So you never know with the Bucks. Maybe they can slide into that second slot. Yeah, definitely. And you know, with the kind of talent that the Bucks have they're going to be dangerous one way or another in the playoffs. So watch out for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to answer your questions. Hey, guys, welcome back to the second half of the Full Court Podcast. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about a couple of the fan questions that you guys sent in to us. So this week, we got two to talk about for you. The first one we got, who, who do we think is better, Devin Booker or Zach Levine? What do you think? Um, in my opinion, I, I still think that Devin Booker, he's the better player as of right now. Devin Booker, he's a multiple all-star. Um, Zach Levine, he just he's a first-time all-star. He's been playing great, don't get me wrong. 27 points, five boards, and five assists. But overall, I think that Booker still has uh, – a higher upside and and better potential in the future. He plays on a better team right now. And with um, with Zach Levine, I would personally I would like to see him in a different environment. Um, with their trade and their acquisition of Vucevic to their lineup, they haven't been doing so well, which is kind of shocking. I thought with uh, Vucevic um, to the Bulls, they're gonna uh, up their up their standings and move up the charts. But Zach Levine, I think he's currently out right now too with uh, health protocols. So we'll see how it goes, but overall, I would just choose Booker. He has a higher upside. Yeah, um, I would have to. I would have to agree with you. I think Devin Booker is definitely the the better player as of now for a few reasons. Um, I think you see that Devin Booker has been able to propel his team to the second seed in the West, which is which is like you said earlier, is no joke. And he has been their best player throughout the season, in my opinion. Obviously, Chris Paul's there too, but. Yeah, and, and, and Zach Levine, he hasn't had too much success in terms of winning games over the course of his career. And even though they're both fantastic offensive players, um, I think Devin Booker, he, he just he has a, a little bit of a smoother game right now. He's been doing a little better for his team. So I would have to I would have to go with him. So our next question is from Ryan. And Ryan was wondering how we felt about role players in the league. Would you rather have one all-star or five role players? That's a really good question. How would you answer it? Um well, okay, hold on a sec. So, so when he says one All Star, do you think he means like one All Star? But then, who's the what's the rest of the team then? I guess just like some dudes, <laughs> some dudes like some regular players, not not role players, but just just yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, like G League players, I guess. I'm not sure, but something like that. I think I would have. I would rather have five role players. I'm not even gonna lie right now. Yeah, I, I really think so. Yeah, same. Um, I would probably choose five role players too. Because um, it, it matters about the situation. If I'm in a big market, I would like to have role players because it's so much easier to acquire 
uh, a free agent and an all-star caliber player anyways. But if I was in a small market, I would definitely rather have an all-star. Like if I was in Milwaukee, for example, I would definitely want Giannis instead of five role players because his upside and his ability to perform um, can help my team make the playoffs. So it matters about the situation. Yeah, that, that's an interesting take, like uh, re- relating it to the, the, the size of the market. Um, I think just to add on, just in general, like five role players is going to be able to be more successful over the course of a season than one all-star. Because you never know, like one player, you're, you're resting your whole fate on one player, which is really difficult. Five role players, at least probably some of them can hit some threes. Maybe some of them can, can uh, drive in every now and then. So, yeah, you, uh, at least you get to spread out the, 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 the burden on everybody. Yeah, and, and plus I feel like role players are like undervalued too. Like, they, 100%. 100%, 100%. Because they have an important role in the NBA. Um, some guys can handle being a role player while others can't. Like, for example, Aaron Gordon right now, he said, you know what, I'm going to be a role player. Whatever the, the Nuggets ask me to do, I'm going to do it. And, and that's not an easy decision. A lot of guys, they, they want to be the star of every team. But they're, they're just not built for it. And role players um, like Manu Ginobili in, in the old times, um, they were critical in championship runs and, and the ability to win chips. So it's very yeah. important to have role players on your team. Right. And, like, even guys like Ginobili, who, who you can consider role players, are still, like, all-stars in the NBA. So. Definitely a Hall of Fame um, caliber. 100%. Yeah. So, you know. Everybody has a role and, and, and everybody can play their role really well, regardless of what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to touch upon? Oh, uh, yeah. Just I want to say one thing real quick. I just want to say uh, rest in peace to Terrence Clark, if you guys know who that is. Um, he was a Kentucky five-star recruit and he died recently in a car crash. And like, I just want to send my thoughts and prayers to his family. If you're watching or anything or anybody, yeah, I just want to say rest in peace. And um, yeah, he, he's going to be missed. It's so sad to see a young player. I think he was only 20 years old, too. Um, yeah. He had a bright future ahead of him. He probably would have made the NBA. So rest in peace. Um, prayers to his family. And, yeah, it's just so sad to hear. Yeah, it is, man. And you know what? I mean, all you can do is just just just, just keep his family in, in your thoughts and prayers and, you know, just can just continue on pushing for them. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but okay. Um, did you watch the, the UFC fight the other night? I did. I did watch it. It was. I, I didn't watch it, but I heard that um, Usman he won. Yeah. Yeah. Did he knock him out or or what happened? Knocked him out, man. He knocked him. He out. knocked out Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. It, yeah. It was freaking insane, man. Wow. You know, it was insane because Masvidal is known as a guy, even though he has a lot of losses in his career, he's known as a guy that doesn't get finished. He doesn't get knocked out. He doesn't get submitted. But this was this was bad, man. This was something that you would not expect, and and I think this really solidified Usman as uh, maybe the number one guy in the UFC right now, pound for pound. Was this was their second fight, no? Yeah, this was their second fight. Their first fight, though, even though Masvidal lost, it, it was taken on six days' notice because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very concerned about that. That's crazy. I think it was Masvidal's fiftieth fight too. Wow! Wow! I think. Okay. That's 50. I think, I think now he's like 34 and 16, maybe, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that. But um, there's a lot of uh, African champions in the UFC right now. Yeah, that is, that is true. There's three right now, I believe. Yeah, Francis Ngannou, Usman, and is Israel Stylebender still a champion or no? Yeah, he's, he still is, yeah. Yeah, so those three, I think, are from uh, Africa. 
and yeah. places in Africa. But yeah, that's crazy. Um, I think the UFC, they even said that they hope to have an event in Africa. Yeah, that would be wild, especially if you have all three of those guys as champs on the card. That would be insane. Yeah, sold out arena, definitely for sure. But um, okay, I guess that's a that's a good good spot to end today's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you like the video, make sure uh, like, like the podcast. Make sure to follow us. Um, get this out, share it to everyone, and um, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.